We're believing God for some rain. Amen. We had the monsoon season, what, about a month ago? It wouldn't stop raining. Now we have a drought. But uh, nonetheless, we're praying for our dear farmers that their crops will grow. I'm fortunate because I can send my wife out to water the garden. And um, so that's a blessing. Now, actually, I put a little, like a little irrigation system into the garden with these uh, um, uh, soaker hoses. You know what soaker hose is? Yeah, never mind. Anyhow. <laughs> Then they work pretty good, they actually do. So uh, I'm gonna ask you to stand with me if you would. Somebody said to me, I was thinking about doing that. Uh, how do those things work? I said, actually, they've been working pretty well. And um, so anyhow, if your, gar if your garden is small enough to have a handle a soaker hose, I highly recommend it. Amen? Should we move on from here? Yes. <laughs> Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you for the Holy Spirit that gives insight and understanding. Thank you for the word of God that is so rich and so wonderful and so good. Thank you, Father God, for the people of God, those you've sent here to Word of Life, those that are watching online. We speak favor and blessing out over them in the name of Jesus Christ. And we give you the praise, glory, and honor for our hearts are open and receptive to receive the truth of God's word this day. And I will never fail to give you all the praise, all the glory, and all the honor. Possess my soul, Holy Spirit. Possess my soul, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' wonderful, wonderful name. That I might speak your word, O living God. And I thank you through Christ our Lord. And all of God's people said together in agreement. Amen. amen. And amen. We have our word of life confession. Make your proclamation known into the realms of the heavenlies. Let every demon within the sound of your voice. Let them know where you stand in the Lordship of Jesus. Here we go. Jesus be glorified in my life. Holy Spirit, I welcome your presence. My heart is open to receive the ever living never changing word of God, the word that is changing my life, healing my body, setting me free. My faith is growing and I am living in the favor of my God. I declare it, I believe it, and I receive it by faith, for I am blessed again. One more, I am blessed in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Can you give him one more praise? Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. Thank you so much, church. Hey, a couple of things. This little card that Allie was talking about is one of the most phenomenal things. And again, I probably live in the dark ages as far as uh, computer savvy and that. But this is one of the most incredible things that I've ever seen. And you just scan your, your photo thing on there, on that little do flicky back there. Okay. And, uh, you know, it's just wonderful. It opens up to a message from Pastor Nathan, uh, a message of love and hope and encouragement in the Lord Jesus Christ. What an incredible um, non-confrontational, if you will, way to witness for Jesus right there. Okay. So I strongly get, and the curiosity of people, I mean, you know, people, people are curious. And they see that back there. They want to find out what that's about, okay? So they know enough that that's going to take you to some form of a message or something on, uh, on the internet or where, wherever they put this stuff. I don't know. And, uh, 
and the curiosity of the people, they're going to take this little car and they're going to do that. And when they do that, they're going to open up to a message of faith in Jesus Christ. So I encourage you, just leave them on the table at the restaurant, uh, pass them around wherever, just hand them to friends, whatever, and just say, hey, you'll be blessed by this and let it go with that. And you've just sown seeds of the gospel in someone's life when you do that. So I strongly encourage you to do that. So anyhow, all right. Hey, I have a question for you this morning. Why are you here? Perhaps a husband just said, because my wife made me come. <laughs> you may have come for different reasons. You say it's Sunday, we go to church on Sunday, and that's, that's great. Yes, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. That's wonderful. But some time ago, I came up with a little statement, if you will, a little acronym of why we are here at church I'm here on a whim. Did you ever hear that expression before? I'm here on a whim. We're here for worship. That's what we did. We worshiped the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. It's wonderful to gather together with the people of God to worship our God. We're here for instruction, W-I, instruction, okay, in the Word of God. It's so important that we are fed the Word of God. Perhaps some of you really don't get in much into the Word throughout the week and you come on Sunday morning or Wednesday night and your desire is to be fed the Word of God. I do encourage you, of course, to get into the Bible, into the Word of God every day, every morning if you can, before your morning starts. Spend some time, even if it's 10, 15 minutes in the Word of God, just reading a chapter or two. But I encourage you that you discipline your soul your spirit is longing for that, but you discipline your soul to get into the Word of God. And we're also here for ministry. And a great form of ministry is going to take place in our 11, at our 11 o'clock service back in the dining hall where over 30 people have signed up to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And I think that that is absolutely awesome. And you can give God praise for that. So actually, if someone says, well, why do you go to church? Well, I go on a whim. I go for worship to worship with God's people. I go for instruction in the word of God. And I go for a time of ministry. A brother and a sister can pray for you. They can anoint you with the oil. A lot of the people here, just they, they bring a little bottle of oil. They'll anoint you, which is symbolic of the Holy Spirit activated within your life. One of the elders would be more than happy to pray with you. And uh, so it's a time for worship, instruction, and a time for ministry. Very, very important that we understand that. Our text for today, and I'm talking about acts in, or acts in action. Our text for today is found over in Acts chapter 2. You're very familiar with this portion of Scripture. On the day of Pentecost, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm. And it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present, everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. Now, remember, up until this point, 
the Holy Spirit would only come upon individuals and then depart. Okay, the Holy Spirit would not live in the Old Testament saints. And the greatest illustration of that is Samson. The scripture says in Samson, after Deliah, Deliah had his, uh, Delilah had his hair cut, he went out and she says, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. And the scripture says he went out and shook himself in order to activate the presence of the Holy Spirit in his life, but nothing happened. Nothing happened. Why? Because the Spirit would come, the Spirit would go. Samson, the Spirit of God did not abide upon him continually, but the Spirit of God would come upon him and he would manifest great feats of strength. As you realize, David would prophesy the Old Testament prophets. They were men and women, just like you and I, but the Spirit of God would come upon them and they would become mighty in power. Well, it's up until this time on the day of Pentecost that believers were not filled with the Holy Spirit, but now they're going to be filled and the Holy Spirit is going to abide with them continually, live within them continually as believers. Verse five, at that time there were devout Jews from every nation living the message Bible, I believe puts it more accurately, staying in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. And what were they hearing? Verse 11 tells us this, both Jews and uh, converts to Judaism, Cretans, Arabs, we all hear uh, these people speaking in our own languages about the wonderful things God has done. In other words, what did they hear in their own language? These people that really had no idea what they were, they, they themselves were speaking. They heard the gospel message that Jesus Christ came and died for the sins of the world. Well, how do you know that pastor? Because the Bible says they all heard of the wonderful things that God has done. God has done. And what was the most recent thing that God had done at that point? was the crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now, a lot of people, including perhaps many of us here, think that Pentecost was that particular Sunday or that particular day when the Holy Spirit was poured out there in Jerusalem. That was the day of Pentecost, but, and that's true. But Pentecost is much older than that day there in Acts chapter 2. Pentecost goes back clear into the book of Exodus, okay? Here's some things you need to know about Pentecost. First of all, Pentecost means 50. Pentecost occurred 50 days after Passover, 50 days after Passover. What happened in Jerusalem at Passover? Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, was crucified on the 14th day of Abib, or at this point, Nisan. Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, was crucified, okay? 50 days later, after Passover, the Spirit of God now is unleashed, if you will, activated, comes upon these believers here in Jerusalem. Secondly, Pentecost is also known as the Feast of Harvest. 
the Feast of Harvest. Exodus chapter 23, verses 16 and 17 in the Amplified Bible. Also, you shall keep. Also, when it says also, it's making a, a reference to verse 15 that says the Feast of the Unleavened Bread is to be kept, which is also Passover. Now, verse 16, also, you shall keep the Feast of Harvest or Pentecost in the Amplified Bible, acknowledging the first fruits of your toil, of what you sow in the field. And thirdly, you shall keep the Feast of Ingathering or booths and or tabernacles. Now, I must admit, when I was studying a little bit about these feasts, endeavoring to get an idea and understanding of what these things were about, it was a bit confusing because each of these feasts are referred to with different names and it can get very, very confusing. But the one I want to focus on today is Pentecost or the Feast of Harvest, okay? Three times a year, three times in the year, all your males shall, shall appear before the Lord. Now that's crucial that you understand that and remember that. Three times a year, these three particular feasts is when all the Jewish males would come together before the Lord. When the, once the tabernacle was built, then they, they would come to, into the presence of the Lord, gather at the tabernacle. Once the temple was built, then they would all come to Jerusalem, those that would be obedient to the law of the Lord. The Jewish males would come to Jerusalem. Okay, and so all the Jewish males that were obedient to the law came to Jerusalem for the Feast of Harvest, which was Pentecost. Okay, are you seeing what's beginning to unfold here? So it was on the day of Pentecost when God decides to pour out his Holy Spirit upon all these, these believers in the upper room. Now, when the other people of Jerusalem, the other men that were gathered there for the Feast of Harvest or Pentecost, heard this rushing mighty wind, they heard what this seemed to be confusion to them. They all rushed to find out what's going on here. And they all heard the gospel message in their own languages because they were gathered from various parts of the known world at that time. And I look at this and I think the timing and the plan of God is absolutely impeccable. Absolutely impeccable. So all Jewish males would gather for three feasts. Unleavened bread or Passover. Feast of tabernacles or feast of booths. And also the feast of harvest or Pentecost. Acts chapter 2 verse 5. I want you to see this thing unfolding within your mind. Seeing the plan of God. God does nothing by accident. Nothing by accident. And what this spoke to me is simply, why do I be, come to a place where I begin to fret or fear or get anxious about something? God has a plan for your life. He has a plan for your life. And so oftentimes we endeavor to try to force that plan or find out or, or try to, to, we worry ourselves into a place of what is God doing? Just rest in him. 
and let him fulfill his plan in your life. He has everything all planned out. He knows exactly what he's doing. And it's obvious by this day of Pentecost where all the Jewish males now were gathering in Jerusalem, the very place that God was pouring out the presence of the Holy Spirit into the believers' lives. Acts chapter 2, verse 5, the Amplified Bible. Now there were then residing, Message Bible saying, I want to read this to you again, in Jerusalem, Jews, devout and God-fearing men, watch this, from every country under heaven. Again, Exodus chapter 23, verse 17. I want to drill this into your heart. Three times in the year, all your males shall appear before the Lord God. In Acts chapter 2, so they would gather at Jerusalem. It wasn't by coincidence. It didn't just so happen. God had a plan to fulfill and sow seeds into the hearts and lives of these God-fearing men that gathered in Jerusalem for Pentecost or the Feast of Harvest. He had a plan and that plan would be fulfilled. It was at that very time that God chose 50 days after Jesus Christ was crucified. 50 days later, Pentecost, the pouring out of the Holy Spirit. The pouring out of the Holy Spirit. They heard the gospel message of salvation in Jesus Christ. And I remember seeing this, and I, got, I thought about the believers there at Pentecost. When you activate the power of the Holy Spirit within your life, everything changes. Everything changes. You can be just a nominal Christian. You can be just the ordinary Christian that comes to church week after week after week, loves Jesus. That's wonderful. That's great. But I tell you, there's more for you to experience. It's activating the power of the Holy Spirit within your life. When you add Pentecost to your Christianity, everything changes. Everything changes. Now, I don't know about you, but every now and then, uh, I come across, the, uh, I think the most recent thing that I purchased was a weed killer, and it came in a spray, a little, I uh, get one gallon bottle, or two gallon bottle, something like that, but there's a sprayer connected to it. And on, in that sprayer, the sprayer is electric, or it op is operated by a battery. But it, uh, that, to activate that battery, you gotta pull a little tab. Now, I want you to understand that the battery represents power. The battery powers that sprayer, but it's not activated. The sprayer has the power, but the power is not activated until you pull the trigger, I mean, until you pull that little tab to release the power that's in that sprayer. And I tell you, the Pentecost is much like that. You possess the power of the Spirit of God, but the power of the Spirit of God has to be activated. It's like a light switch. You have all the power that you need in your home, in our church building here. We have all the power that we need, 
and all we have to do is start flipping switches and the power is activated. The lights come on. The screen comes on. Everything begins to happen when we activate the power. Well, as a believer, you possess the Holy Spirit within your life. Romans chapter 8 verse 9 says this, but you are not controlled by your sinful nature. The New King James Version, I believe, says it better by your flesh because I believe that they are two different things. The sinful nature and the flesh are two different, in my opinion. You are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. And this was something that really I was perplexed about for many, many years. And remember that those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to him at all. And so, Christian, it's not until you pull the tab and release the power or activate the power, I should say. Release comes later. But you activate the power of the Holy Spirit within your life. When you are baptized in the Holy Spirit, like over 30 people will experience, I believe, at our 11 o'clock service. They're going to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. They're born again. They have the Spirit of God within them. But when they go back to that class, they're going to pull the tab and activate the power of the Spirit of God within their lives. But there's another aspect also to the sprayer, another aspect. So you possess the power, you gotta pull the tab, but there is another aspect to the sprayer, and that is called the trigger. That is called the trigger. That power that has been activated within your life does not come alive until you pull the trigger. And that's the problem, unfortunately, with many of us as believers. We have the Spirit of God in us. We have activated the Spirit of God within us. We possess the power. We've activated the power, but we fail to pull the trigger. We fail to pull the trigger. You see, and that's why we don't see the things that we need to be seeing. That's why we don't see the people perhaps coming to Jesus the way we need to see people coming to Jesus. Many of us perhaps are intimidated in some ways to witness for Christ. Others are very bold to witness for Christ. But for those of you, again, that may be intimidated, this little card is incredible, incredible. It gives you a non-confrontational way to present the gospel of Jesus Christ. And all you have to do is take the effort, take the time, pick some up and leave it somewhere or hand it to someone. And they will, if they're curious about what that code is, they will hear the gospel message. So you possess the power, you activate the power, but you must pull the trigger in order to get the effects that you need to get. Now remember, Satan does not, does not want you touching that trigger. Know this, Satan doesn't even care if you possess the power, activate the power, as long as you keep your finger off of that trigger. Like it is with that little sprayer. 
It does nothing, even though I've activated the power. The, the, the handle possesses the power, activated the power, but it does nothing until I pull that trigger and then that weed is in big trouble. And that's exactly what happens with the devil when we as Christians, possessing the power, activating the power, and then pulling the trigger. And when we do that, the devil is in big, big trouble. Big trouble. I pray that you can receive this into your heart because it's very, very important that you understand that. Because I know what it's like. You can get so easily intimidated on the fact of trying to do the very things that you know God wants you to do. And that's what I probably appreciated so much about Todd White when he was here, that he was so unintimidated, totally unintimidated, totally Totally Todd White, okay? I mean, it was absolutely amazing that he would not allow anything to distract him from his priority and, and foremost thing that God has called him to do, and that is to share Jesus Christ. I witnessed a, a I saw a, a video with him witnessing to a Satanist and this guy was just, I mean, he was all in his garb, horns sticking out of his head, black robes and everything else. And he held that man's uh, attention as he shared the gospel message with that individual, with that Satanist. While others were passing by, it had to be some sort of Satanist convention. But as he shared Christ and talked about Christ, to this individual. You can just sense even in, in the video that this man, it was a young man, that his heart was softening. He could have walked away at any time. He could have blew Todd White off, get lost, but he didn't. He stood there and he listened to this message about Jesus Christ. Unintimidated with the things of God. Unintimidated to pray for people. So many times we allow the enemy to infiltrate our minds with what if, what if, what if they reject me? Well, they rejected Christ, so they could reject you also. I have a family, there's a family here in the church that's really recently got turned on to the things of God, and they're experiencing rejection from people that have been friends of theirs for years. Because as long as you can live your safe, cute little Christianity, they're okay with that. But don't get radical for Jesus. Don't get on fire for Jesus. You know why they reject you? Because you begin to make them uncomfortable because of the Spirit of God that's within you. You begin to make them uncomfortable. And they don't want to be made uncomfortable. You begin to remind them that there's a heaven and there's a hell. You begin to remind them that there's a Christ and there's a devil. You begin to remind them that there's a walk of righteousness and a way of sin. And you're making them, them uncomfortable. And we get intimidated at times thinking we're going to lose friends or we're going to lose things. But I tell you, church, until we come to the place where we're willing to lose it all for Christ, 
That's when we will see the power of God truly, the trigger pulled, and the power of God not only activated, but also flowing through our lives in a great and phenomenal, phenomenal way. And this is what we need to pray for. We need to pray for holy boldness in order that we can share Christ. But like I said, this is a great way to start. But it's going to be that time also when someone's going to come up to you, wonder why are you so, why are you so happy? What is it that you're not worried? You're not fretting. You're not given over to fear and anxiety like so many people are. What's different about you? And that's when you pull the trigger. You pull the trigger and you begin to share with them the wonderful things that Jesus Christ has done in your life. And you may say, well, pastor, to be honest with you, I can't really say that Christ has done a lot of wonderful things in my life. You haven't activated the power. You haven't activated the power. We all go through difficulties. We all go through uh, uh, situations that, that are, are uncomfortable or even painful the loss of loved ones, pain in our bodies. We all know what that's like. But I am so thankful that the Spirit of God lives within me. And no matter what I'm facing, I'm able to draw from his anointing, draw from his power, draw from his insight and his knowledge, and it just continues to bring me peace. If I'm suffering with an issue within my body of some form of pain, I know this, Jesus Christ is my healer. Jesus Christ is my physician. And that gives me a realm of peace because I'm endeavoring to pull the trigger to see the power of the Spirit of God activated within my life. That's where we need to be, church. That's where I need to be. I'm not preaching to you. I'm preaching to us, okay? I'm preaching to us. Well, how do I do this, pastor? I mean, is there, is, is there a way? Is, is there a formula? Is, how do I do this? Well, I was reminded of the scripture over in Revelation chapter 12. Starting at verse 10. Then I heard a triumphant voice in heaven proclaiming, Now salvation and power are set in place, and the kingdom reign of our God. Passion translation. And the ruling authority of his anointed one are established. For the accuser of the brothers and sisters who relentlessly accuse them, day and night before God, has now been defeated. Has now been defeated. Do you realize the forces of hell that are endeavoring to come before you as a child of God, they have been defeated. Jesus Christ has conquered over the evil one. But he still tries to tell us, intimidate us into thinking that he's powerful. He's a defeated foe through Jesus Christ who conquered him and passed that victory on to you and on to me. And now we can proclaim that we are more than conquerors. Jesus Christ is the conqueror, but he took that victory, passed it on to each and every one of us as his children. I think of... My wife handles the checking account here in, in the church, okay? And she makes out all the, the paychecks and, and everything else. And what happens is that I, I often tease that I haven't seen a paycheck in 30 years, okay? 
And uh, it seems like somehow, some way, my paycheck somehow gets distributed to her, okay? <laughs> Even though she has her own paycheck, okay, here at the church. And I look at this and say, you know what? My wife is more than a conqueror. Even though I've earned the paycheck, she gets it. She's more than a conqueror, okay? And so husbands take encouragement in that, all right? If you haven't seen a paycheck in 30, in 30 years, of course, she is so kind to give me a $10 a week allowance, okay? <laughs> what a wife. Love her dearly. Hallelujah. <laughs> Satan has been defeated, cast down once and for all. They conquered him. They, who, you, me. They conquered him completely through the blood of the lamb, the finished work of Jesus Christ and the powerful word of his testimony. Now, the King James Version says their testimony their testimony. So know, believe, and live in who you are in Jesus Christ, a child of the living God, more than a conqueror. The greater one dwells within me, victorious and not a victim, a victor, not a victim. It goes on and on and on who we are in Jesus Christ. And there's probably not a person in this church today or watching online that would disagree with the fact that the church needs to step higher into another level, a higher level. The church needs to come into a greater fire and a greater presence so the word of God can be preached throughout the world. And that needs to be accompanied, as the scripture has told us numerous times, that needs to be accompanied by signs and wonders. The Bible says that's how Paul fully preached the gospel, through signs and wonders. He proclaimed the work that Jesus Christ did, but he proved that that work was right. He proved that that work was true by performing signs and wonders. That's how he fully preached the gospel message of Jesus Christ. And we as believers also need to follow that example. They conquered him completely through the blood of the lamb and the powerful word of their testimony. They triumphed because they did not love and cling to their own lives even when faced with death. What a powerful, powerful word. So know who you are, believe who you are, and live who you are in Christ daily, moment by moment. Never lose sight of it. Keep it within your thoughts and your understanding of who you are in Jesus Christ. And when the enemy comes against you, you declare to him who you are in Jesus Christ. Also, love Christ. Oh, this is so big, so huge. Love Christ more than you love yourself. Love Christ more than you love yourself. In fact, Jesus said the two greatest commandments was love God with everything you are and love your neighbor as yourself. Love God and then love others. Love God and love others. Love God and then love others. Pentecost 
makes this all possible, makes it all possible. And like I said, please keep in mind, Satan is not concerned about you possessing the power or even activating the power, but it's when you put the finger on the trigger and you get ready to loose that power, that's when the enemy gets concerned. And I believe that this is verified by the word of God over in the book of James chapter 2, verses 17 and 18 in the Passion Translation. So then faith that doesn't involve action, <laughs> love how the Passion Translation puts this, faith that doesn't involve action is phony, is phony. But someone might object and say one person has faith and another person has works. Go ahead then and prove to me that you have faith without works and I will show you faith by my works as proof that I believe. So faith without works or expression or action is dead. It's useless. Power without release or expression is also dead or useless. So there's a number of benefits that comes to the activating and the releasing of the power of the Holy Spirit, but we're going to get to that at another time. But what I want to do today, I want to pray for our congregation and for every person that longs to have a holy boldness within their lives, that you open your heart up to the truth of the Word of God and to the presence of the Spirit of God, that you open your heart up to what God wants to do in your life. I'm going to ask you to stand with me, if you would, church. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Just make this your prayer right now. Holy God, holy God, Holy God, activate your power in me. Holy God, holy God, release that power within me. I want to read this scripture to you over in Acts chapter 4, verse 29. And now, after they had been persecuted, threatened, here's what they, the, the believers prayed. And now, O Lord, hear the threats that they have spoken against us and give us, your servants, great boldness in preaching your word. They could have cowered under the threats. They could have cowered under the persecution, but they gathered together and prayed for greater boldness to preach the gospel. They didn't care about their own lives. They didn't care about persecution. All they cared about was serving Jesus Christ and releasing that power into the lives of those who were receptive to receive it. Give us, your servants, great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand, watch, with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After this prayer, the meeting place shook. That's how sincere they were. That's how strong they cried out for the presence of Almighty God to be released within their lives. The prayer, the meeting place shook and they were all, all filled with the Holy Spirit. Then they preached the word of God with boldness, with boldness. You possess the Spirit of God as a believer. 
If you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, you have activated, you've pulled the tab, you've activated that power within your life. Now it's up to you through your own choice, your own desire, your own free will to now put the finger on the trigger and aim it at the devil and release that power. Whether you see the devil in someone else's life, even if it's in your own life, release, release that power. We're going to pray right now. You're in agreement with me? All right, all right. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for the Holy Spirit. We pray, Father God, as these early disciples and early followers of Jesus Christ, as they prayed, my God, that we true, truly indeed also would experience great boldness in preaching the name of Jesus Christ, that signs and wonders would follow us, the miraculous signs would follow us as we present the gospel, preach the gospel, declare the gospel in Jesus' name, that people might be saved, people that might recognize and understand that their sin debt has been paid in full by our Christ and our King, that they too can have heaven forever. They too can have the power of the Spirit of God. They too can release that power. So Father, in Jesus' name, I'm speaking that power, that anointing, that release in Jesus' name upon the body of Christ here at Word of Life, those that are watching us online in the name of our Christ and our King. Truly indeed, O oh God, shake our temples, O oh Lord. Shake our bodies, shake our presence, O oh God, with your holy presence that we might lovingly and gently and with great wisdom proclaim the gospel message of Jesus Christ and demonstrate that it's true, the miraculous signs, wonders. In Jesus' wonderful, wonderful, wonderful name, we pray this prayer through Christ our Lord for his glory, for his honor. In Jesus' name, and all of God's people said together in agreement, amen. amen and amen, hallelujah. Can you receive that today, church? Thank you again for joining us. We pray that you were blessed and encouraged by our service. We invite you to join us again next week. Our services go live every Sunday at 9 a.m. on Facebook, YouTube, and at wordoflife.church. And we also meet in person every Sunday at 9 and 11 a.m. If God is using our church to change your life and you'd like to help us lead people to life in Jesus through your generous giving, you can do so by visiting wordoflife.church give or you can text your donation amount to 84321. Follow along with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube if you'd like to know more about what God is doing in and through our church. God is doing incredible things here, and we are so honored that you chose to spend your time with us.